Welcome to the podcast. It's Dr. Durst and my co-host, Faraday Golombieski, nurse practitioner. So we are going to deep dive today into a very fun topic for us because we feel pretty strongly about this one, and it is testosterone in women and the myths related to that, and there are lots of them. There are. We hear quite a few in the office on a regular basis. We are asked them. often in the office. So we figured we'd share them with you guys today and break it down and tell you what is true and what is not and go from there. And it comes down to the fact that, you know, patients are, you know, basically they come in asking questions because they've heard it somewhere, whether they have internet searched and found something that has made them question it. And, but frequently it's actually the doctors. It's like GYN doctors that they've been to and primary care doctors And I wish I could say that we didn't hear this on a daily basis, but we hear this on a daily basis. So we wanted to address some of it, and we are going to further deep dive into each one of them over time Mm -hmm. um, and even the World Health Initiative study so that we can, you know, point out some or not point out some facts related to hormone replacement therapy and especially testosterone in women. And we'll break down some studies related to that, too. Well, let's start with, first off, you know, testosterone has been used for a long period of time outside of the U.S. in England and Australia for about 60 years um, with some long-term studies um, showing the efficacy and safety of subcutaneous or implants related to testosterone. So, And that is about women utilizing testosterone. We talk a lot about men. A lot, right? We talk a lot about yes. men and testosterone, yeah. uh, um, and we don't do a very great job about talking about women with testosterone. So what Dr. Durst is referring to is the use of testosterone replacement in females. And so, again, um, FDA-approved forms don't exist here in the U.S., and so basically when we're using that, we're using, again, bioidentical testosterone, but uh, what we want to point out is the safety of the use of bioidentical testosterone in women and list some studies uh, related to that. We may not go into details of the studies today, but we're going to go with the myths and say that we're not hitting those myths unless if there are some studies to back those up um, to not be true. And so again, it's been used a lot and women come in every day, like women have been left behind. It's been a gender bias in medicine related to hormone replacement. When I listen to podcasts on men and prostate surgeries for prostate cancer and castration, whether it be medically or otherwise, and the effects and the detriment to men that they undergo with that, yet we talk about hysterectomies and we do the same to women, but we do not point out the huge detrimental effects and we'll go to great lengths to point out safety for men and there's low T clinics mm-hmm. everywhere and there's pellets and there's injectables and there's also Orals some commercial. And creams. Yeah, I commercial, mean, there's everything. Well, there's about 30 commercial you know, preparations for men and there's none for women. What does that tell you? And so when we're talking about hormones, we'll start off with... Yes, women have testosterone, and it is not a male hormone. So myth number one. Yep, that testosterone is for women too, and women do make the same testosterone androgen as men. It is just one of several androgens that women make. So if we think about it, that's myth number one, is testosterone is a male hormone, and it is not needed in women. So that is the first myth that we're going to deal with. And so again, it's the most abundant circulating hormone in a woman's body. And if you look at concentration to concentration, 
testosterone is actually reported in a level, you know, and again, concentration terms, that's 10 times higher than estrogen. And so when you look at numbers and comparable numbers, it doesn't look like it's much higher, but it's reported in a level that's 10 times the concentration of estrogen. So we have more testosterone in our bodies than we do estrogen. Isn't that crazy when you think about that? We always hear and think of estrogen in women, but when you take those two, the estrogen and the testosterone, put them in the same exact level and put them on a chart, our testosterone is going to be significantly higher than the estrogen. Correct. And if we can link that in the description later, we will. I'm just showing a graph, but we are going to do a white paper on this that relates to some studies and updates on testosterone in women, because we feel like this is a very important topic. Mm -hmm. We have it with women every day, and they are desperately looking for physicians to be more informed with this. And there's education out there. So that is our purpose is to get that education out to you guys. And then hopefully as time goes on, we see more and more studies supporting it. Yeah, correct. So it's the most circulating hormone in a woman's body. So it is not just a So myth one, hormone. bust it. Yes, not <laughs> true. And so we have androgen receptors in our body. We have estrogen receptors. But actually, biologically, men and women are alike because we both have androgen receptors and estrogen. And in both men and women, testosterone is much higher than estrogen. So you, both of us have a test estrogen ratio with tests being much, much higher. And again, it's higher in men, about 10 times higher than women, but they still have estrogen at a lower rate or a lower concentration, but they have estrogen too. Yes. So we need it. And again, it has great effects and can be life-changing for women. All right. So are we ready? Myth number yes, two. Myth number two. Is that it only plays a role in libido for women. And actually, there's that misconception also with, with, um, men. with men. Absolutely. Because, I was going to say, it. I yeah. think it goes both ways. Yeah, because I hear that a lot with men too, where men will come in saying that somebody else has told them that they shouldn't need it. They're in their early 40s and their sex should be fine, but it's not all about sex. It's a life force for men and for women. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at that, let's look at the other effects because we have receptors for testosterone in almost every tissue in our bodies and so in some way, shape, or form. And so we basically will have symptoms of testosterone or androgen decline related to those receptors, right? Beyond just libido, it is also energy, but testosterone is also looked at for brain function. So looking at mood, looking at cognitive function, it definitely plays a role. It also plays a role in body composition changes. So we are going to see changes in weight, fat building, metabolism, muscle building, building muscle. all of those as well with testosterone. And so like we're, we are talking mood, sleep, um, energy, bone, bone, bone loss. Yes muscle formation, like you said, body composition changes, insulin sensitivity improves, lipid panels are affected positively. Um, it has, again, vaginal um, receptors. And so it does improve vaginal health. And so ovarian function, it plays a role in that as yeah. well. And breast tissue. So we'll get down to that. But testosterone is actually anti-proliferative and works to balance and antagonize the effects of estrogen on the breast, which are the dividing effects for breast tissue is estrogen. And so both progesterone and testosterone drop with that. So it is not just for sex in women, but it's not just for sex in men either. 
So another myth busted. Busted, not true. So third one. This one is my favorite because we just did a staff training and she put up a picture of a woman with a full beard. So it is that (laughs) testosterone will masculinize a female. That is not true. Now, can it in really high doses that are beyond therapeutic? There is the potential for that. But in therapeutic doses, we are not going to turn into men because we are on testosterone. No, it's one of my favorite pictures. Though. It is hilarious. It is. It's like the beard is dark. The hair is It is red. all the way down to her breast. Oh, I mean, yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a great picture because that is not what women look like when they're on testosterone. And it actually can be quite feminizing for women. When it's, you know, again, optimized, it makes women feel sexier. It makes them more energetic. Yes, their sex drive is better. Their vaginal health is better. So it's a good thing. And it's only, so those myths, I believe, come from, you know, again, anabolic hormones and overuse. And so, you know, it, it's that's not what we're doing here. We're not talking about oral and androgenic or anabolic hormones in higher doses. We're talking about optimizing levels for women and that's for another podcast at therapeutic levels yeah at therapeutic so pharmacologic levels really because if you look at physiologic levels and i've heard this mentioned a lot of times when it comes to testosterone in women but physiologic levels there isn't really an accepted range for women treated with hormones and what it takes to get them feeling better so really more pharmacologic and so Mm -hmm. you're going to symptom control you're doing the same thing in men you know, that wide range of like 215 to 960 or whatever it is, is not a man at 70, right? Exactly. And so um, there's a range that's accepted for men, but not yet accepted for women. So, but we'll get there. I'm convinced. So, and it actually used to be used for nausea in early pregnancy too. That I did not know. And there's some, um, there's some, you know, data out there about that. So, you know, it is a, you know, again, teratogen at the level of like an X, right? And so, mm-hmm. but honestly, unless if it's in very, very high doses, high doses, like multiples of, because um, it increases with pregnancy as it is. Mm-hmm. So clearly not a huge issue. I think it's four times higher in pregnancy, but it has to be much higher and almost in doses that are meant to masculinize to actually cause issues with the pregnancy and and so again in optimizing or physiologic pharmacologic treatment Mm -hmm. it doesn't do that the next one we hear this all the time what's the next one is testosterone going to cause my voice to get hoarse yeah Yeah. and then is it going to forever stay hoarse well, and again, so we all kind of experience hoarseness as we age, and I think it's more common in women than in men, but most of those are definitely causes related to other things, you know, allergies, inflammation, polyps, you know, and so it doesn't cause hoarseness. And actually, even in higher transgender doses, a lot of times it didn't cause it. That's what I was going to say, that you, yeah. in your studies over the weekend, oh, well, even I, did, in I was the, deep diving into everything. You were. Everything She's like, even in transgender studies, it didn't cause hoarseness. Yes. And Danazol and higher doses and anabolic didn't cause it. And if it did, it was always a reversible. And so it doesn't cause hoarseness at all. So if a woman is on testosterone and develops that, then they need to be evaluated in a standard fashion for it. So, but I think the hair loss is a huge one. This is huge, is that testosterone causes hair loss. 
This is a huge, huge, huge. This is something we talk about on a daily, if not weekly basis. Yeah. Or weekly, if not daily. Yeah. (laughs) And I say, like, we're going to talk about the myth being Mm -hmm. testosterone causes hair loss, but also we can just talk about testosterone and side effects if you're optimizing. Again, most of the studies that looked at that, there weren't a lot of complaints of, um, again, side effects related to hair. But I say hair, it has hair changes, hair growth where you don't want it, hair Mm -hmm. thinning maybe where you don't want it. But honestly, in hair growth, it should only be something small when we get you know, old lady hairs as we get older anyhow. And I think it's, again, a misbalance of that testosterone to other hormonal factors. But we also get hair thinning. I say this to women all the time. We get hair thinning as we age anyhow. But most of the, there's a study that shows that there wasn't hair loss reported. Um, But in fact, it is anabolic and stimulating for hair growth. So, and then if you look at a study, I think by Dr. Glasser, like that was, a lot of women on testosterone and none with the complaints of hair loss. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, this is something we run into on a daily basis and we have some tricks and the way you dose. And again, if you minimize the fluctuation, so that's when we talk about creams and I hear doctors venturing out to do testosterone in women, but they're doing creams. Mm-hmm. And then it's a topical, which you are going to get more fluctuations and more in the way of a conversion to DHT, which is what causes the hair issues, you're going to get that in topicals versus injectables or pellets. So anything else you would say? Really, it's just trying to maintain levels of testosterone. If you're having a lot of ups and downs and variability in your levels, we can see those conversions where we can see that dihydrotestosterone going up and potentially cause some issues. But that can also be hair growth, not necessarily hair loss. Um, But like Dr. Durr said, There are some tricks that we can use. I think the myth is that it causes hair loss. It doesn't necessarily. I think that's the exception rather than the rule. And actually about one third of us as we get older are going to have some hair thinning. Mm -hmm. That's a normal part of aging. And when you talk about androgenic alopecia, that is not actually saying that the androgens cause it. It's just saying it's a pattern that women get, which is way less severe than men. But about two-thirds of women in a, um, in a study with pellets actually reported hair growth. So just so we know that at least the data is not there to support that. This is a big one. What about adverse effects on the heart? That testosterone mm-hmm. is bad for the heart. There's some recent um, data on that, too, that came mm-hmm. out. So there's been some misinformation with that and some studies that have not been reported um, accurately that have said that across the board, not just with women. But overall, it has a positive effect on glucose and insulin sensitivity and lipid panels. And increasing lean muscle mass. Decreasing fat. And and so, and actually heart failure, um, it showed, there's a study that shows it's beneficial, mm-hmm. again, with women and their endurance and improvement with heart failure and congestive heart failure. And I think across the board, the studies are not there to support um, any adverse effects on the cardiovascular system at all. If you're going somewhere that is managing your hormones and managing them correctly, Mm -hmm. watching your levels, balancing, and making sure they keep an eye on everything, um, this is not something that you should be worried about. Correct. No. So that is a myth. 
And fact is, it does not have adverse cardiovascular effects. Liver, another myth is it causes issues in the liver. We hear this one less. Mm -hmm. um, we do, and we'll tie this one together with causing clots. That's another myth. So, well, really, I think what it kind of comes down to is that we used to use testosterone orally, mm -hmm. and we did see issues. Mm -hmm. But when you don't take the medication orally, we don't have the same negative effects on the liver. Um, so that is the biggest myth that's come out of it. And I think that ultimately, when you look at that, um, even then, it looked like there were only like three reported cases of adenocarcinoma of the liver, mm -hmm. period. Um, but that was methyl testosterone. It was given orally. So I'm not sure that it caused a huge problem, but it does go to the liver, is metabolized, and can potentially increase your clotting factors. And so when we talk about testosterone causing clots, it does not in the pellet or topical or an injectable because it doesn't go to the liver and potentially increase clotting factors. And so therefore it does not increase clots, which again is another thing that was kind of brought up in that women's health initiative mm -hmm. and increased clots and strokes and cardiovascular disease and all not being the case with bioidentical and non-oral forms of testosterone, which is what we're talking about today. So false. False. And false another for false. clots too. False for clots. So then you'll love this one. Is it the aggression? This is what you get with me. Yeah, this oh, is yeah. how you are with Testosterone me. causes yeah. aggression yeah. in women. Maybe just <laughs> It women. makes us all angry when that is not the case. No, that's not the case. <laughs> that is not all. what we see in this office. Our women always feel much better after they get pellets placed. Yes. In fact, when they start to feel a decline again, and they're not feeling as good as when they tend to get a little more moody and aggressive, if anything. Um, but when you feel better, it's a life force for men and women. I always say that men are a little more competitive. That's kind of how they, you know, communicate mm. with each other. Maybe not us, <laughs> I know. But, well, that's what maybe aggression and competitiveness for us. But yeah. that's an in, innate thing yes, for us. Yes, absolutely. And I think it is for men, too. And so when they're competitive, it's a life force for them. And so, therefore, and you were in that study, it was showing like a 90% improvement in aggression. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's life where they feel better. When you yeah. feel better, you're actually yeah, more your energy. mood and you're not dysphoric and you're sleeping and, better. Yeah. Every across the board, it had great effects on mood and no aggression reported. So, so again, busted. Fact. 90% <laughs> of it was actually improved in the study. So, and then this is a huge one. We kind of alluded to it earlier, but breast cancer and testosterone. And this is actually the case also across the board with hormone replacement and in women because it defaults to primary care doctors and gynecologists just saying, you know, it causes breast cancer. You get breast cancer, it causes clots, you know, you can't be on it. And so none of that is a knee-jerk response that has any scientific backing mm -hmm. at all but with breast we know that it is not true and mm -hmm. we're going to dive into this topic a little bit more on another podcast where we talk about the women's health initiative mm -hmm. and really break down some of these bigger myths that we're talking about today yes, um, this yeah. is more just to kind of go through um, the common ones give you guys a little bit of education some studies to support it but if this is something that you are really interested in, definitely look for our podcast on Women's Health Initiative that'll be coming out 
um, next month or month so. Or so yeah. Because we'll really break it down in the studies that support it even further. And so really, if you look at the effects of testosterone on breast tissue, it is protective. So it's antagonized. It's antagonistic to estrogen. So when we talk about proliferation, that just means division. So something that divides tissue, think about that, um, is more likely to, in simplistic terms, you know, kind of cause a cancer because it's the cells dividing to divide tissues. and grow. Yeah. And so it's just a simplistic way of looking at it. But basically, you're talking about estrogen is proliferative or stimulate, stimulatory to tissue to grow, and progesterone and testosterone antagonize that. And so, again, there's lots of studies, lots of studies that show a positive benefit to testosterone mm-hmm. and a protective cancers. element. Across the board, I did not see one in all of the search that I did that showed an increase except the World Health Initiative, and we'll get into that, but that was synthetic hormones, that was the progestin, you know, that was used, and actually the absolute risk of breast cancer with it was very minimal when you looked at absolute, but they played those numbers out in a twist that showed a 25% increase, which is actually not completely factual. So we'll talk about that because there's a lot of studies that show the protective and Dr. Glasser using testosterone pellets in women test or test with a NAST result, even next to breast cancers with improvement. Which Um, just kind of blows my mind. So I'm really excited to get into that one. I think that we have covered all the myths again. They are not factual. They're myths. We get asked those questions on a daily basis. If there is something you want to know that we didn't cover, please leave it in the comments and we'll get back to you or maybe do another podcast Mm -hmm. on more myths we didn't talk about. We will just say this, that across the board, women are looking for solutions and they know that there's solutions there. So when the primary care doctors or the gynecologist aren't giving them the answers that they want or are looking for, they know they don't feel right. They can search and they find information that leads them down a pathway and frequently to us. And they're looking for providers and solutions. And so we get asked those questions daily and we see and treat a lot of women and women with hormones. And so these questions are asked on a daily basis. We know that. And they come in and we have educated and very scientific conversations with them. And we know how to minimize and optimize and get women feeling better. So if you have questions, you have concerns, anything else you want to hear about, just leave it in the comments, like subscribe, share with friends, share with other women, because we need to get this information out there. And Faraday and I look forward to being the voice for that. (laughs) We look more than forward to it. So anyhow, um, we're here to revitalize your look, your health and your sex lives.